0: The P4B is back on the air. To get water, first kill all the lawyers. Episode 16. This idea is much more productive than endless lawsuits. And shut up and quit your bitchin'. The title is a quote from Shakespeare and a metaphor at that. No lawyers were harmed in the production of this podcast. Welcome to the political party pooper playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking of ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. Before we get to the main event, uh, keep an eye on upcoming episodes. I hope to have a surprise guest coming in a few weeks. The next podcast will be chapters 3 and 4 of Street Politics, It Ain't Your Daddy's GOP Anymore. We'll define what a conservative really is and is not. The media stereotype, mostly invented by the left, has nothing to do with what an intelligent free market conservative is. And we might squeeze in a few issues that were of concern in 2016 and are now gnawing away at the fabric of society and the economy today. Also I said uh, a few weeks ago that you can enjoy the P4B on any uh, podcast outlet that you presently use. That is probably true. I did get it distributed quite significantly only to find out that the RSS code provided by our friends at Substack was complete trash. So while it is out there on a lot of these sites, I canceled Apple. You'll find that the podcasts are very short. Some of them. Uh, in one case, it's an hour-long podcast, and all you hear on that audio is the intro and the closing credits, and that's it. So i i did some I did some research, and I've asked Substack to make some corrections. Uh, eventually, I'll pull all those down. Um, cancel the RSS, and start again. So quite soon, we'll be back in business, and if you're listening to P4B on podcast app, you'll start getting the whole shows. Try to be patient. I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes. Ron and James were excellent guests. Uh, I think we'll see James again. I hope so. I'd like to consider him a friend now. I know Ron's coming back for a special around the All-Star break featuring another podcast called Braves Dugout. But it's high time I quit screwing around and get back to what I do best before they take away my right-wing reactionary decoder ring. Today I want you to listen to this podcast and read or follow along in the text and then check out the video. Uh, Yes, this is another multimedia mashup. That all comes together into one idea the background. I've been banging away on liquid fluorine thorium reactors, LFTR or lifter, for years. I've spoken a lot about the subject lately, and these contraptions are going to be a huge part of getting us through the coming multifaceted collapse on our horizon. Complete or at least significant deglobalization is now at our doorstep. As Peter Zihan has explained brilliantly, the world's best year ever was 2019. We will never have as much in the way of activity and plenty as we had that year. And we will not again in any of our lifetimes. The good news for you, if you live in North America, is that we will weather this period better than other geographies around the world, but that's putting it nicely. I would say that we'll just be the healthiest horse in the glue factory for some time to come, but we can blow it, and if we remain the weak, shallow, distracted, lazy country we are today, we will blow it. We will suffer far more than we need to as economies around the world contract or implode. Okay, now sit tight. It gets really interesting because the Colorado River is near death. Usually, by this point, some of my listeners are upset and want to flee to kitty videos or sports pages. I understand, but I strongly recommend you stick around. I'm going to touch... On just one of a massive number of things we need to be thinking about. We will continue this discussion on a host of things like productivity, education, demographics, and a return to the kind of real normalcy we all know will enhance cultural survival. We'll eventually hit them all, but for now just one. The subject today is water. If you've been with me for a while, This will be a slightly deeper dive into how we will win the water wars bubbling up in the Southwest. I heard just the other day uh, water released from the Colorado River to other states is about to be cut on the order of 2 million acre feet per year. Put simply, that's the usage of 4 million homes. That's huge. And it could have been avoided. Further ass pain can be mitigated, but the powers that be must be more visionary than they have been to date, and further cuts are certain. For the moment, I'm speaking to the Southwest, but hold on to your ass, Fred, in a little bit, you'll see how this affects everyone. Whether California takes this information on board will dictate a great deal of the quality of life across the country, including yours. One example of their lack of vision is this. If you have a population center so bereft of water that you need to pipe it in from a farm region hundreds of miles away, you need to stop building there. L.A. and Las Vegas are examples of cities that have grown like malignant tumors as a result of their own stupidity. So the first and most obvious step is to stop wasting water. Think astroturf, seashells, and rock gardens. Turn off all the decorative fountains in the Southwest. That includes the Vegas Water Show. Sorry guys, too much of that water evaporates into the air and ends up falling on places like Oklahoma. The second and equally obvious step in managing the problem is to stop building in these places. And as people leave, and they're leaving for other reasons already, don't permit new dwellings for their replacement. If you want to live in LA or Las Vegas, you buy an existing home there. Oh, but MJ, we won't be able to grow our economies. That would be the standard response to such an admonition. I said, vision, damn it. You don't need to grow your population to grow your economy, you need to grow your productivity per citizen. Besides, in coming years, you'll need to manage a shrinking economy. The answer to your new challenge will be to better educate your children and make better children to begin with. But a part of the overall answer is to make children. You'll hear more about that single point in future posts. We need to get real good at water collection and encourage every resident to do the same. You don't have to water AstroTurf And if you can't afford the artificial stuff, let your yard return to nature. Perhaps you can plant native dry soil plants. Something will grow. But disconnect your ego and vanity from the soil outside your house. And filter collected water for household applications. Now, the next three steps California especially must take in alphabetical order are desalinate, desalinate, and desalinate let's just call it desal and tell Vegas to kick in a few billion bucks to the effort. Now along with the monumentally poor water planning the region has done, California in particular has not kept pace with power generation. So desalinization using electric power is out in the near term just to get the infrastructure built and the water flowing Natural gas powered desalinization plants can be built pretty quickly. We know how to move natural gas and we know the DP process. But regulators need to get out of the way. For once in modern history, greedy politicians and consultants need to bow out of the process. If California handles this the way they do everything else, even these basic gas-powered facilities will be 30 years too late to the game. And by that time, you will have no trained technicians to do the work. Your workforce will have aged out before bringing the next generation of skilled labor into the picture. See paragraph four above. Consider the installation of these natural gas-powered stations, lots of them, an emergency measure and get it done. But as I said, the gas-powered facilities are a small near-term fix. If you build them now, you may slow the increase of the problem. The long-term fix lies in lifter technology. But before I talk about the use of these reactors in this application, I'll address the common objections to them. Yes, I'm bringing out that old saw again. One biggie is the material used in the reactor itself. We're talking about the containment of liquid salts here after all. In the 1950s when we had a lifter operating at Oak Ridge, one of the concerns raised was the durability of the metals that were in contact with the molten salts. Well, it would seem that China has solved that problem to the point where they're ready to build a commercial reactor. With all the advancements we've made in the last 60 or 70 years in metallurgical and molecular research, you can feel pretty damn confident that an alloy exists that can do the job. If not, we can create one. There's also a problem with stable power. My research says that engineers were experiencing high and low load spikes, causing the system to shut down. It should be easily argued that the electronics available at the time could not react and compensate to these anomalies quickly enough to keep the reactor running. I suspect that there was little real load available for the Oak Ridge testbed to shed the power and heat produced. Again, China has been running their testbed for a few years and is building a commercial reactor. I believe the sophistication and speed of our present technology can now monitor and anticipate weird activity in such a way as to maintain the reaction and keep the reactor going. In an extreme case, the reactor simply would shut down. In a catastrophic case where the system overheats, a plug in the bottom of the core melts and everything, the salt, nuclear fuel, and any waste in the mix simply drains into a chamber below the reactor and cools. Emergency over. That's just one advantage in favor of using these things on a large scale to desalinate water 24-7 in large amounts for California's cities and farms. This is doubly important for the almond and avocado farms which suck up water disproportionately to application. Their water usage is insane. They need to shoulder a significant part in this effort as well. The urgency of the work that needs to be done is not immediate as in today. It was immediate 20 years ago. The immediate need is to mitigate the loss 2 million acre feet of water, these cities and farms have been sucking up from elsewhere for far too long. The emergency desal units would perhaps make a dent. Every gallon saved is precious. When the lifter units are brought online, the emergency units can be decommissioned and sold or given to places in the world that could make use of them. Perhaps the whole thing could be a lease deal from the beginning. The lessor would have the proper motivation to install, maintain, and remove the units as the cycle dictates. In the meantime, smart Californians will be dotting the coastline with lifters. They don't have to be huge as these things go. 100 to 200 megawatts will power multiple DPs. So three DPs the size of Carlsbad, which is huge, operating off a 200 megawatt lifter would leave more than 100 megawatts for the power grid and no greenhouse gases. If you want to really think long-term, divert a small percentage of the daily flow to natural aquifers. It's always good to have water stored in case the Vikings lay siege. For every one of these complexes we build, we get water, lots of it, and power, lots of it. But for it all to work, we'll require a hard-nosed commitment and monumental cooperation on the part of California, Nevada, and Arizona. But most of the burden and benefit would be in California. And it has to start now. The NIMBYs, the not-in-my-backyard people, and the people crying about exploiting the oceans, must be ignored. And they can be when you consider the damage the same tribe is doing on the eastern seaboard with their wind tinker toys. Did I remember to mention it needs to happen now? Yeah, right fucking now. And it has to be done by ballsy thinkers and doers, not bureaucrats. Zahan does a good job of laying out the problem we're fighting here. The text and how it all will affect you continues below the video. The knock-on effect. Do you remember How I said you need to stick around a few minutes ago, here's why. I diverge from Peter's analysis of the climate in Southern California only in degree. The default climate there is dry. They don't get mega droughts. They are primarily in a state of drought almost all the time, with occasional rain and rare deluge. So in the discussion of what must be done, we can do away with recriminations growing out of climate change or global warming. A dry LA is the condition in which we found it. It didn't get that way because of cars or cow farts. We get a great deal of our food and some of our hard goods from California. The whole state is in play here. Less from Nevada and Arizona, but some. But if these areas don't get the vision thing and right quick, Nutritional and economic shockwaves will be felt across the country, and in some cases around the world. If you lose the water, you lose the food. Some parts of the country can vary what they grow a bit and make up for some of the shortfall. But that would not help with food prices. Generally, we'll have less food overall, so we will pay more to eat if you lose the water and you can't feed your people you lose the people you lose them to migration malnutrition and death ports close factories close productivity plummets we're talking near mad max shit here yes you can make up some of this by relocating businesses but we only have so many deep water ports and states can't suddenly get good at something they never did before The learning and infrastructure curve would be difficult and expensive if radical steps are not taken now. Similar to the ones laid out above, L.A. becomes a ghost town and California farmland experiences a reverse dust bowl migration. I, for one, would like to see California solve their problems rather than to absorb their welfare state mentality in my community. These people would have to go somewhere. So this is where you come in. In anticipation of California's almost certain failure, there is no adult leadership there. You must start building a community that will make it clear the inevitable migrants are not going to California, your Mississippi, or your Oklahoma, or my Virginia, etc. I say that reservedly since Northern Virginia is nut-to-butt government lefties right now. There is a ray of hope, a very small, microscopic ray of hope. The situation playing out, outlined by Zion in the video, is a treaty between southwestern states to share water from the Colorado River and other resources. It has been umpired by the federal government. I have zero faith in the present regime to have the competence to honcho a fix or even assist in one. I'm very confident that parts of the regime will see this disaster as another COVID opportunity through which they can capture even more central power and to hell with the people who will suffer, throw money at it, take over the land and the functions. That tiny glimmer of hope is 2024 and people like Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy, where the glimmer dims is the knowledge that most of you will be sucker enough to send the same jackasses back to the legislature that we have right now. Hey, after all, your guy's the good one, right? It's all those other assholes that have to go, right? That's what everybody thinks. That's why we have a 95% incumbency rate in an institution about as popular in this country as the Taliban. Okay, let's go all macro here. As I said at the beginning, we will hit on a bunch of topics, areas of life, which will be impacted by deglobalization. In all, as in this case, what you need to understand is that there will be little margin for error. If we squander opportunities in the next few years, or we let digital currency and ESG come into full bloom, the citizens of this country will not enjoy the benefits of being the strong country in the mix, as we are right now. Davos, the government of which many are Davos cult members, BlackRock, Vanguard, all using bug factories, green scams, and ESG, will guarantee their own wealth and comfort while condemning you to a life of discomfort and drudgery. We're talking Great Depression. That for you and your kids never goes away. Make no mistake, if we don't grow our way out of the coming economic contraction using the free market, if we let the ruling class centrally plan the way forward, We will lose. People will die. I'll spend some time with the Davos dirtbags by cross-posting from my other site in a day or two. But the bottom line is, all the subjects we'll cover in future posts will be do-or-die situations. Lose one, and it won't matter how we do with the rest. The system will crash as brutally here as it will in China or Russia, or any landlocked country around the world. And it starts with reestablishing the concept of basic objective truth. That's not your truth or my truth. We need truth. More to follow. Jordan out. Thanks for visiting the P4B. Please make liberal use of all the buttons and links that support the podcast and help it grow. Send inquiries to Poe River Productions at gmail.com.